0: It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of the man cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin.
1: Hey, it's Wednesday and we're back in to Talk a little sports. Um, well, first of all, I hope that everybody's had a great week. I think, uh, you know, there's some... It's officially, you know, we just had our last long weekend of the summer. Uh, Officially, we're starting to kick into what is the fall and always excited about that. This is my favorite time of the year, especially living here in Arizona. Uh, It's when things get a little cooler. But most important, it's uh, football season. And also a lot of new TV shows and stuff like that come out. And I have to say... That I I have to admit, this weekend I've been binge binge watching uh, Narcos. If you didn't see season one, you gotta see it. Season two is freaking unbelievable. Uh, It deals with uh, Pablo Escobar and the government, and I'm telling you, this Pablo was a gangster. He was truly a gangster. This dude. Just, yeah, he had no regard for life itself. Uh, But yet, you know, some people, uh, according to the television series and stuff like that, almost had him, almost like he was royalty. So it was pretty interesting watching that show. And then the other shows that have my attention, which kind of is Power. For those of you that don't know, Power is the show. I mean, and it has... I think it's uh, the executive producer is Fifty Cent, and man, this show gets me hyped. And the suits that the guy uh, wears, Ghost, the main character, man, he uh, Saint, his also name, uh, his last name is Saint Patrick, and or uh, James Saint Patrick in the show, and man, this dude. Puts on some threads. Made me have to uh, reassess my closet and see what I was doing to make sure my suit game was right. Um, I'm sure one more show that I kind of watch, I don't know how many of you guys are on this, but Ray Donovan is another one. And so these are my fillers that I feel like I have to binge watch or. Get them in in between football to get my head outside of just the sports, but you know, just into some of the other things that's going on in the entertainment world. And as you know, here in the man cave, we discuss technology, we discuss television, we discuss movies, we discuss discuss social issues. So um, it fits right into what we're doing. But anyway, to get onto the sports, man, did college football kick off with a freaking bang. I tell you what, there was so many upsets and again, more and more, even with the lower division, there's becoming more parity uh, within the division one ranks with college sports and even some of the lower mid-major schools, you can see that they're now becoming uh, what you call it, they're com- becoming competitive. And so for, uh, now, the game I thought would be more competitive, I'm just going to start off with it, was Alabama versus USC. Now, those of you that know me or follow the show know, I am not a fan of Alabama. I respect them, but I'm not a fan of them. And, you know, I'm typically, I'll chant for, uh, I'll root for some of the players for USC, but just, you know, being a Notre Dame guy uh, an Ohio State guy, I just couldn't follow USC the same way. But I've always had a respect for what they've done on the collegiate level there. And, you know, going back to some of the pros that they produce, like Marcus Allen, O.J. Simpson, uh, we we'll go to Ronnie Lott, Joey Browner, you know, guys like that, Rodney Peep. Um, but I've always felt like that program, very similar to Alabama, you know, except for Alabama, did have Joe Namath. But the quarterbacks that once they leave there, they just don't really seem to do anything in the pros outside of Joe Namath for Alabama and USC. Carson is their best representative between him and Rodney Pete. But anyway, I thought that USC would be more competitive, and Alabama just beat the brakes off of them. You thought you were playing a D1 school versus a D5, and you know, a D5 is non existent, but really. Uh, Alabama played the freshman quarterback, true freshman quarterback, and the running back. And it's like, you know what? They're, they're just good. And they know it. They play like it. And it wasn't even a question uh, that they were the national champions or, you know, uh, defending their title. I will say this. I, I believe that Alabama obviously is still good despite a poor showing with USC. But I think somewhere along the season— that I think the quarterback position is going to cost him a game. Uh, and not because the guy is bad, it's just because he's young. Um, you know, that's a lot of pressure. But then, again, Alabama has produced several Heisman running backs and candidates uh, in the past few years. And so it's pretty easy when you can hand off or throw to the likes of uh, Amari Cooper or... Julio Jones in the past, so you know it'll be interesting to see what transpires with them. The next game uh, I thought was pretty interesting. With a was a big upset uh, with Houston versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma, they need to do some self-checking. I was talking to uh, via Facebook to a former Oklahoma great, uh, James Allen, and you know we had a little debate on what's going on. I really felt. Like, you know, they made the changes too soon in this, uh, or changes to the coaching staff and not really addressing the bigger issues in the room. But, you know, like James said, Houston is not a, uh, a pass-over game. Um, the other game, uh, which had, you know, big significance, is uh, the Auburn versus Clemson. Man, Deshaun Watson gets it done, uh, you know, you're talking about to me this is a title conference game or a playoff game uh thank God you know for these teams that have lost that it's early in the season so they have time to you know get their stuff together and you know put a strong showing at the end unfortunately with this system if you lose late that's more of an issue than when you lose early so I mean give it up to auburn uh, I mean to Clemson for getting the victory versus auburn It was a well-played game, tough game. Um, Then the other game, Florida State versus Ole Miss. Man, oh, man. I'm not going to lie. I was actually, you know, thinking Ole Miss was going to pull this out. But then there was a part of me uh, going into halftime. I refused to tweet anything or post anything because I know I have, like, my cousin who's a big Florida State fan. And had I posted something too soon, I would have been eating crow. And so I was just like, you know what? Uh, FSU has found a way to win in the past, and they just had that grit about them, and they found a way, and they beat Ole Miss. So, you know, bravo to FSU, and, you know, Ole Miss, you got to play four quarters of football. You know, they came in. And I think they woke the sleeping giant is the only thing that I put up there. They woke in the uh, sleeping giant, and FSU showed why they are the giant. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, Another big loss, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting, uh, was LSU versus Wisconsin. And you know what? People like to look at the Big Ten as a pushover sometimes, you know, because in the past, You can see the difference from like a USC with speed or, you know, like Alabama. But then, you know, you go back two years ago uh, for the first national championship. Who wins it? Ohio State. And Wisconsin has always been one of the top dogs in the uh, Big Ten, which they have 12 teams. That's a whole other thing. But uh, the Big Ten and just seeing that they were able – to put out a good showing in Lambeau, uh, you know, Les Miles, I felt sorry for him at LSU. Uh, one of my friend's friends is a guy that started a GoFundMe uh, to raise the $9 million buyout to get Les Miles out of there. But my question is, who do you bring in? I mean, they want him out already, or at least by midseason. And I'm like, what is the benefit? You might as well, if you're paying the guy, let him ride it out. And you know because now you keep the whole program into guessing. Maybe the last game, if you're going to let them go, let them go. Uh, but the w- the other game that got me was uh, UCLA versus Texas A and M. That was an interesting one. And again, there's parity in football. Uh, the Pac-12 versus you know the uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with. Uh, how they carry out the voting for the season, but last but not least, was Notre Dame versus Texas. I don't know how many of you guys watched that, and let me tell you, I am an ND fan. Growing up in Chicago, watching Chris Zorich, Tony Rice, Rocket Ishmael, who was my favorite player of all time in college football, um, I was rooting for Notre Dame, but let me tell you, that true freshman quarterback for Texas, he is the truth. I mean, this guy showed poise under fire, uh, just re- very good footwork, and was able to run. I'm um, still, even though both teams uh, employed the two-back quarterback system, not a big fan of it. Just like I'm not a big fan of the co-coordinators. Uh, but Texas found a way with their two quarterbacks, especially the big guy, uh, to get it done. But the true, the freshman. The guy is the guy is pretty smooth. I, I'm going to be interested to see what he does. And congratulations to uh, my friend Charlie Strong and Vance Bedford. I thought that you know I thought Notre Dame would win this game, and I was kind of torn because I wa- I wanted Texas to do well, but this was obviously a definitely definite need win, uh, statement win for the Texas program, and I was it, really happy. To see how the Texas players rallied around Charlie Strong at, at the end of the game, things like that. I think I would hope that this brought him and uh, his staff another year or two with the program. I mean, they basically had to build the program from scraps. So to see them win and go into double overtime, I hope that first of all, Notre—I mean, Notre Dame kind of got you know punished a little bit on it, but to go double overtime there has to be some tweaking to the formula uh to, to decide who's who and where's where so um we're going to take a quick break i'm going to cover some nfl so we'll be back shortly your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports
0: Look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Here, 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 here. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. Back goes O'Neill. He's a at tough the... shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds He's left. To left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here.
1: From high school to the pros, we, <laughs> we, cover, everything. we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
0: You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to JD Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: So, before we go into the NFL, the one thing that we always try to do going in is predict who's going to win it all. And I'm going to say right now, here's my teams to be at least in a consideration. I think I need another week to come down. It's just really hard because of the level of parity. But I have Ohio State, which I'm a little little sketchy about right now. Um, I hope the quarterback play is as consistent as it was last year. So I'll put them in the playoffs. I'll put Alabama in the playoffs. I would say from the Pac 12 I would put you can't knock you can't uh, knock out Stanford and then I would say the next team would be Auburn again. After that, I could give you the four teams in the playoffs. After that, I'm stuck. So, maybe next week I'll come up with who I think is going to take it off. So, It will be interesting this year. I'm going to try to watch a lot more college uh, than what I've done in the past. You know, I'm an NFL guy, love watching the NFL, but there's a lot of excitement with college. So I'm going to join the wave and uh, get on. So this week, in fact, tonight I have my fantasy football draft, um, and, you know, I'm in a couple leagues and things like that. So, as going into the season, you know, I thought, like, in the offseason, I felt like teams like Jacksonville and Dallas had did their due diligence with the draft. Um, but some of the surprise moves were, uh, was there Sam Bradford trade? Um, and now the question is, now that they've tra- that the Vikings have traded for them and the Eagles get a first-round pick from Minnesota, uh, there's two ways to look at this. Minnesota is looking at it as like, hey, we're, he, we're one player away from you know, being a, a true contender. So bringing him in to manage the game and to be able to attack downfield and put some uh, a little pressure off for Adrian Peterson is a plus. Um, the other side for Philly is like, okay, we got our number one. We made up for what we traded for to get Wentz, and here we are. Um, and maybe the Vikings just gave up too much, and they're not as good as they think. Um, so obviously, it's the possibility it could be a win-win for both teams. But that was definitely a shocking move. And what's even more shocking is that you know there's talk of Brat for playing. Um, I would say, even though he's somewhat familiar with the system, I don't see the benefit of playing a fragile quarterback that may not have the true confidence going in week one. Uh, Sean Hill, um, but at the same time, you have to save Adrian Peterson and stop from eight to nine men in a box. So how they attack that, that's going to be very, very interesting. Um, then the obvious cut, even though some people probably didn't feel it, they felt like this was the year of Sanchez, and just something with with him. He just doesn't seem to display that confidence in himself. And you know, in the NFL level, even going back to high school, if you look your quarterback in the eye and you don't see the confidence in the low, in his eyes, man, it's hard for the entire team to buy in, um, and really. The value, I mean, for Dallas to get him, you know, and even with that, uh, with the possible investigation with tampering, um, it will be interesting. But, you know, no one was going to trade Denver for that pick. And I even felt like he would have been okay if it was just a matter of six months for Minnesota. He wouldn't have cost him as much. But because Bradford knows the system, him going to Dallas. I can see from a fan base standpoint, um, especially with a lot of Latino fans in the Dallas areas, I think that fits in. Uh, I don't see him putting any threat for Dak Prescott. And was it what is he really costing them? You know, not too much. And, you know, next year Tony come back and Tony can back up Dak Prescott. Because I don't see too many other teams that he would go to um, and be a starter, so that'll be interesting. Um, the next kind of surprising move or thing that transpired was Drew Breeze getting his money. Breezy with the Greensies. Uh, what way to go, Drew? Uh, way to go, the Saints organization. Uh, recognizing what this man has been to the organization, um, I think is roughly about two more years and $44 million guaranteed. I think that uh, he has, if Drew Brees was on any other team, he would be celebrated that much more. Um, He's had to work with a lot less than most of the other quarterbacks. And if you ever watch him play, you know, especially where he ends up every year, but if you watch him play, look at the accuracy that he has on the ball. Drew Brees takes care of the ball. He puts it in spots where it's hard for the defender to get to. And he's done it with less than stellar talent around him. And so uh, kudos to him. kudos to the organization for recognizing, uh, especially in this day and age, not a lot of people um, get their proper due. You know, we're going to talk about the Mannings. We're going to talk about the Bradys. We're going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers, you know, you look at Aaron Rodgers without well, Jordy Nelson last year, you know, it's a it's a big drop-off where you look at, you, you name the guys that play with the Saints, and if they went somewhere else, you're like, okay, pedestrian. Um, so that was a surprising move. I thought that they were going to drag their feet a little bit, but it, it's good because Drew Brees is not only good for the team, he's good for that New Orleans uh, community, especially with recent, things that's going on with the floods and stuff like that. He's a gentleman that has him and his family has really embraced the city and the, and he's bought into the environment, the area there and they brought into him. So the uh, other interesting deal is the Patriots after they make the trade with Philly for the lineman, uh, Josh clue. And now they cut him. So that is, I wonder if it's a medical issue. I've been waiting to find out what that deal is because usually moves like that aren't made and then the guy gets cut. Um, So that's very, very interesting to see um, what happens, you know, or what the reason is behind it. You go with a guy that had 13 starts the year before with the Patriots, I mean, or 13 starts and, you know, um, then guys are being let go. And then um, the, the big ele- pink elephant in the room for me in terms of football has to be the whole deal with Jared Goff and the Rams. You give up, you, you give a, take the first round pick, the very first pick of the draft, and you get it on a guy that looks the part. You know, this young man has not, I don't think he's ever played in a huddled system um the terminology is getting him, and that's the mental side of the game. I thought maybe that they were trying to play it up a little bit on hard knocks and things like that uh, with his acclimation process. But it's apparent that it's real. I mean, he's showing some flashes. But the fact that they're considering not even dressing him for the game to me that's a scary sign for a lot of people on the team in the organization. It's it's scary for the fact that when you're judged by your draft picks and for them not to be putting him in and he you know, I can understand him not starting, but him not dressing if that's the direction that they go, it speaks volumes of where they see him. And, you know, Jeff Fisher, he knows this is probably all or bust. So knowing that he has to win, and it seems like this kid was a pick that went over Fisher's head. Uh, So that's going to be very, very interesting. And it's interesting how the team is going to perceive that move. Usually your first-round pick, unless they're injured, they're active. Uh, especially the very first pick of the draft. So that whole thing will kind of play itself out, but it keeps the drama going in the NFL. And speaking of drama, you have the thing with uh, Joey Boa at San Diego. He hasn't been practicing, things like that. And I think if you follow us a couple weeks ago, Maurice and I was talking, and it's been a long history where first-round picks have not dressed or had holdouts, and they've not performed or have gotten seriously injured uh, in their first season. So this will be interesting to see how this plays out uh, with Joey Bosa down there in San Diego. Now, this is the part we're going into the uh, – First week of the season, I'm really excited. Uh, I, I we'll be attending the Patriots versus uh, the Cardinals here in Arizona. But, you know, some of the sneak teams, the first game, it's not as defined as it looks, uh, given it to Green Bay versus Jacksonville. But I wouldn't be shocked, believe it or not, if Jacksonville wins that one. So I'm going to go Jacksonville. You have Buffalo at Baltimore. This is going to be a little personal slugfest. I think I'm going to take Buffalo at this one. Uh, Rex is playing with his heart on his sleeve and playing for a job. Chicago at Houston. This will be interesting. I'm going to take Houston. Cleveland at Philly. I'm going to take... Hmm, This is a tough one. But I am going to take uh, Philly. Tampa at Atlanta. Tampa, Minnesota at Tennessee, Tennessee, Cincinnati at New York, Jets, I'm going to go with the Jets, Oakland at New Orleans, I'm going to go Oaktown, San Diego at Kansas City, this would be interesting, I'm going to take uh, Kansas City, Miami at Seattle, I am going to take Seattle, Detroit at Indy, we've got Indy, New York at Dallas. I'm gonna go with Dallas. New England at Arizona. Gotta go with the Cardinals. And then the two Monday night games, Pittsburgh at Washington. Gotta go with Pittsburgh. I think that they have that they they have the best chemistry. And then Los Angeles versus San Fran. Talk about the toilet bowl. I hope that Colin gets to play. And, you know, I thank him for I thank those for supporting him in his stand. and But I don't think it's going to be enough to beat the Rams. So I'm going to pick the Rams in this game. And I thank you guys for checking us out this week. Uh, next week, after the season kicks off, we're going to have a lot to talk about. So I can't wait to hear from you guys. If you have any comments, please email, text us. Uh, we look forward. Thank you for following us.
0: All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.